What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. With small games comes small developers. So once again, in this special episode, we're going to be continuing our interview series with some smaller developers, and we're going to be calling it sort of Developer Spotlight as a special series. And so today... We have a special guest from a Long Hat House, actually one of the co-founders. We have mm-hmm. Joao Brand. Uh, Joao, yeah. thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Yeah, thank, thank you for inviting me. It's, Absolutely. It's always amazing. Good, good. Um, so if you're listening and the name Long Hat House is familiar to you, that's because uh, we did an episode of the podcast about their game, one of their games, which was Dandera, which is now... Trials of Fear edition. So highly recommend the game. Um, and if you haven't listened to the episode, also listen to the episode. We go pretty in depth. Um, and it was Joao approved. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's just let's just kind of jump right in. Um, so Joao, uh, tell us a little bit about just you know, you, who you are, where you come from, uh, how you got into playing games, and then inevitably how you got into maybe making them and to where you're at now all right so hello everybody yes <laughs> and i started like having liking games since like a very early age so like when i was three years old my brother had a master system okay and he used to like you want to play with me and he played like a single player game like fantasy star or something and put like the second controller behind the the cable going behind the right 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 the game so i couldn't control it feel like i was controlling it. <laughs> that kind of stuff and i first time i got a, a view game i never like uh, i never stopped playing i guess and i really liked it and i always wanted to work with it but it, it seemed impossible. I mean, right. it was like yeah. 2005, right? Uh, like when I was 15 years old and like looking for a job, it, it, it seemed like it was impossible. But then as like it started happening, um, for example, Cave Story, uh, Meat Boy, those, those games that okay. are very small made by one person. Right. I started recognizing them i started recognizing flash games as games that are made by people as well so i started making those and i went to the computer science school so i could Mm. like i could maybe do make games through the the course but the plan a was like doing it right 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 but yeah i found lucas lucas the other co-founder for the Long head house in the yeah he, he was in the school as well mm-hmm. and we started talking about making games we always talked about it there was a lot of people that started talking about it but for some reason in the end of the course it was only me and lucas mm. and we said like should do it because if we graduate it's it time and i didn't want to do that <laughs> right <laughs> right you didn't want to sit sit in a, at a desk in a cubicle not at all. And uh, we started making a game and we never stopped since. Wow. So, 
that's pretty crazy uh, more or less yeah um so what um so dandera is what engine did you use with uh with dandera did you use like unity unity, unity? okay because I've had some vague experience with that. Um, at my high school, we we try to propose like uh, courses for kids to take like in a short period. Um, and I was toying with uh, doing something with game development. And someone in the computer science de- uh, department was recommending Unity Hub because it's very easy to use, very accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess talk to me a little bit. So you're getting together with Lucas, you know, you guys have these ideas, you're, you're making stuff, you're starting to use unity. How do you get picked up by somebody like raw fury? Like someone who's going to make it like, make your game like happen, happen. Yeah. 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 It was like the first game wasn't unity. It was flash. Okay. That's why, what I knew at the time. And it was Adobe flex. Okay. Another thing that, but it's you you code it just like Flash, right? And then we started like we made a game to learn Unity, and then we made the project that would be Dandara. Mm-hmm. And well, for it is it is very because we that that the truth is that we got very lucky. Wow! <laughs> right? Right? Wow! Like I mean, there is there is a lot of you know. I think Dandara is very special, of course. Yeah, I totally agree. You do the, you do need a, a lot of luck. So the luck exactly was that. No, what we made to to make it possible, I guess, was that we made a game and there was a festival, the Brazilian Indie Games Festival. Okay. Big, and we like we started making the project and we tried to trying to like in the getting to the contest right so we prepared like a a web page for the game we prepared some kind of text that we could like use to show it to people to get them interested like we packaged the game we made a trailer nice we made a a a first level complete with a boss and a fake out and then a a, like the the village of artists you play the game right 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 we completed the level and uh, we made the first level first. It's not a, it's not very recommended, but we did that. Right, right. And like the graphics were very different because they were made by us, not a, a professional pixel artist. Mm. So it it looked way worse for sure, but it was packaged and we we had like a, our strengths at the time. It's just me and Lucas. It was. Game design, it was a very different game already, mm-hmm. right? We had the game design. Mm-hmm. And the level design as well was like teaching the mechanics without teaching everything. It was already pretty cool. And uh, we did all that doing apps at the same time. Okay. Like to get money for Right, us to- yeah. Work on, and- I mean, this. so this was essentially like your side thing. Yeah. Right, you had to make money otherwise. Yeah, and we were living with our parents as well. Wow. Like after graduating. So our parents were very vital in this because they <laughs> let us like not work and get money. That's that's not something that's that's a very common in Brazil. In Brazil probably you have okay. to work most families, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and but we still like needed money to right. survive. 
or else it would be no nothing right no weekends. yeah yeah totally uh, and we started doing the like apps at the same time and it sucked then we started like looking into publishers that would be good but we like dandara in the very beginning was a mobile game that's why the game design is so different actually. okay so we had like this sensation that if we found if we found a publisher it would be a mobile publisher and they would like push us to do free to play and a lot of like the the business decisions that right we didn't want right. different really ports want. or whatnot yeah yeah we really wanted to make a, a console game with right. like a game that's like you need needs your attention that finish it that to finish the development mm-hmm. free-to-play games are all different than that right yeah and we didn't want to like not focus on that so we really wanted a publisher that published published uh mobile games but weren't free-to-play crazy or anything like that right and raw fury we found like to gamma sutra it's game developer.com now site okay and we found an article article from them about how they what is the philosophy how they pay developers and we really liked them like the, the philosophy was like on point with us and we look at that, their games and there were mobile games in there like premium right. mobile yeah, games. yeah yeah so we start we said like send an email oh, here's dandara and dandara was ready with a trailer and everything mm-hmm. we know that you publish mobile games uh this is a very different game and then it went on from there it worked on for there wow like in a code email so this was very cool and we knew like there was a guy uh from the publisher the publisher was like five guys five uh, five guys and one of them was like needing to get a plane and the plane was canceled or something like that okay and they like needed something to kill time and they started playing Dandara. So, wow. Like, there's a lot of... Wow. So the luck of his playing luck, canceled. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The wow. It was amazing. And he really liked it. Uh, saw the potential. And yeah, that that's that's mostly it. Wow, that's great. So you were so you were going to like the you know gaming convention. You had your, your game there. Uh, I guess you had like people playing it as a demo like that first level yeah we we got to be finalists but we didn't win oh right it was a contest right a contest. yeah a contest okay. in a festival we didn't okay. win but uh it well, you got exposure right yeah. you got people to see what you were doing yeah we got people to see we like make made the game a little bit better but the main thing is that we packaged it really well so we right could, like pitch it for two people right Okay, so with Raw Fury, you reached out to them. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure if there there was no Raw Fury, uh, we would make a very like a a, a a game that would be on the store and nobody would hear about it. Right. Vanish. Just like a first game. It's, right. It's mostly that. Well, yeah, that's and that's a big thing. And we'll talk about that in a little bit because they're I mean, there are so many games on on these storefronts, whether it's Steam or whether it's PSN. True. Like no one will ever find these games. 
it's truly a shame. Like if, because there are high quality ones and like you could have been one that was a really good game that was just sitting there and no one would know. Exactly. But uh, the thing is with the, the money from the, 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 the things we could, we could like hire more people. So the game was more quality because of it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as well. So it would be like a worse game for sure. And it would be more forgotten, like right. graphically. Maybe. Yeah. So what do you play on in terms of platforms? Do you play on PC? Right now, I, I have a PC that I play, but I don't like playing on PC very much because it feels like... Uh, it feels like you're just done working and then you work and then more. you're still working with the mouse yeah. right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no i need a controller right i need it in my hand yeah i do it but i have the feeling i have the feeling as well but oh, right, this right, is right, how right. i play like other people's games right uh but i i have a switch and a ps4 as well okay so in the couch it's good right. to like change your environment yeah change the screen change up your right you don't want to be sitting in the same chair all day Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about uh, gaming in Brazil, because I know at, at least what I hear anecdotally on other podcasts and things like that, there's a pretty high like import tax on yeah. electronics. Yeah, it's I, know, I mean, I know what you maybe you're getting into without piracy. We wouldn't have I wouldn't be here. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> no, sure. I'm just saying like. Is it? Do you find that a lot of people play on the newest consoles, or is it like nah, tougher for? Right, it's very tough. It is like I I am on my thirties, so my friends like when they get like financial jobs and all, we can play on the on the PS4s. Right. But it's not a, like a when you are a teenager, it's not like that at all. Right, it's not possible. Yeah, because you're it's not, not possible. That's so crazy. what what I used to do was emulators right emulators and i did play a lot of like that's i i used to play a lot of games uh when i was like 12 or something right because of the super nintendo emulators game boy emulators right i was trying to find a game as well and free games as well like uh mmos korean mmos <laughs> that's wow. a, a huge part of my infancy mm. <laughs> through did you think about that when you were making, I guess, Dendera? I mean, I know you said it started on mobile, like, but you're a console gamer. Like, were you thinking, like, how how could I best get this out, especially in your country? Like, yeah, I mean, I have like when I started making the game, I had like this feeling that's uh, just the feeling that it would be because a mobile game is usually cheaper, right. You have to do it cheaper because people are not gonna pay like forty bucks for a game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's very very rare. But it wasn't like that. Like that wasn't the main consideration. The main consideration was developing. It's easier to develop to to the mobile game mobile game stores because on Steam at the time there was the like the green light. Do you rem- remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right, right. And you had to do like a campaign for your game. Yeah. And we didn't want to do a campaign. We we didn't know how to make games yet, you know. We wanted to learn how to like our second game, how to make game design. Like we wanted to really focus on that. So we, we kept in the mob, mobile okay. the mobile goal for now, but like the game feels like a a console game, right? It, it requires your attention, you die multiple times, you don't we don't like uh, 
pat the back of the players too much because right. yeah you don't want to i mean you respect your gamers right because you know most yeah. people who game a lot like they're they're good or at least they know how to learn from a game and get better yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and but there's like a a, a lot of games that are like and game pass really helps with that too emulators did it help with that when yeah. you have a huge list of games the moment the game frustrates you you just pick another mm. right when you pay for it even if it's two bucks you, you you tolerate a little bit more frustration and get more reward sometimes you get more reward from that so. right yeah because you want to make sure like if you spend money on it you want to really make sure that you yeah know, your money was spent well if it's a free to play you, you're like ah oh, five minutes oh i'm done this is crap yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys think or did you and I don't want to like put you in publisher trouble or anything like that, but like, did you maybe emulate the game in Brazil to like get it out to more people in Brazil that couldn't, you know, afford it on console? Emulate. Uh, I mean, I know it's it's not like a no, it's a complex yeah. game. Not that it would be easy to to port yeah. to something older because we we started on the to do the game for mobile and then we ported it because unity you can do that like the that's the biggest strength of the engine at the time and right now you can like make a ps4 make a pc mm -hmm. part of it really easy like technically of right. course you have to do like controller considerations right that. yeah, yeah. that's and i know there's emulation for the game i know there's a switch emulator and the the rom is online as well so right but i don't know which pc runs uh i don't know who would like emulate this switch or the ps4 version of dandara instead of just downloading the pc version for free right it's also possible okay so talk to me more uh we talked about storefronts and finding games earlier what are your some frustrations i mean the game released what was it 2018 i think yeah the first release Right before trials of Fear. right. So, how did you feel about like? Did you have to do marketing, or I, or maybe Raw Fury did that? How did you feel about the reception or people finding the game? Do you think, like, what what did you feel about that? Yeah, because the game has a very cultural subject, right? Mm -hmm. So the the reception from Brazilians is very different from the reception from not Brazilians, right? And both are very. Both are very cool, actually. Uh, I think I, I'd like to like believe that people from abroad like really appreciate seeing another another kind of subject that's not like a Vikings. Right. Thing. I know, right? Or yeah. Greek. Right. Or Greek. Yeah. Exactly. Like uh there I appreciate that a lot. And I've seen like Japanese games from like 10 years from now, they're starting like Back in the 80s and the 90s, Japanese games really tried to look American. The, right, like yeah, the, the Final Fantasy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Phoenix Wright is like, they eat sushi and say this, it's a hamburger, <laughs> right? right? That, yeah. that mean. <laughs> uh, but they stopped at that. Like, Persona is like a huge hit. Oh, and I, I, Persona, I yeah. learned, like, Persona made me learn that people in Japan, like, have school at Saturdays. Right. I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Simple things like that. Like Simple just to things get like that. About the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it, it's super interesting. <laughs> it it yeah. changes how you see, like how you are a teenager, right? 
that kind of thing, like seeing Japanese games, like, and me really interested, other people really interested in that, like convinced me like people will be interested if they just do an interesting game about Brazil as well, right? Right. Yeah. 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 It's tough because like getting that out into the mainstream is the toughest part. Yeah. Right? I mean, everybody knows what, what's going on in Japanese culture because there are thousands, millions of Japanese games about, you know, people in Japan, whether it's high school students or whether it's, you know, samurai or, or, or anything like that. Um, but it is a bit of a struggle. Like It is. It, it is not uh, the, the thing you put like on the marketing forefront. You don't put like, this is a game about the culture of Brazil. Like this right. is not exciting. Right. I feel, <laughs> but it's, it's like a good like aftertaste. You started playing the game and get it that is for another culture, and the game gets more interesting. Right. It's not and what made start the game, but it's what sticks with you. That was totally my experience too, because I was like, "Wow, this gameplay looks cool," and then I'm like, "This name is interesting. It, it doesn't seem like a random name." And of course, I googled it, and I was like, "Wow, there's a lot here." Yeah. Um. And it, and not even a, that much in the game. I mean, there. It's kind of like this background thing but it doesn't like if you weren't if you didn't look it up you wouldn't really know yeah you know, yeah. it's a bit ambiguous it's right it's just i find it interesting though because there are some indie games that do get a push like that do you know the game awards are coming up right and there's like indie game of the year and i'm finding more and more that the games that find their way here like are just games that everyone's talking about. And I'm of two minds. Like, obviously it's good to see indie games getting recognized, but I'm wondering like, why is it that everyone is talking about a handful of games as opposed to everyone talking about different games or finding different games like this? You know, yeah. I mean, right now I'm seeing now I haven't played these yet, but cult of the lamb is one that I'm seeing now yeah. with like the little baby lamb and it's like demonic and all this stuff. Um, seems like it has a cool aesthetic. Um, and then people are talking about Tunic um, as well. Again, I haven't played those. Yeah, Tunic I... is really good. And I, I, I watched like people from my roommate play, play Code of the Lamb. Okay. So it looks fun. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I think the thing that they nailed is like you've got a cute little lamb that goes into a demon. Everyone's going to like <laughs> lose their shit about it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that simple, but yeah. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 That's, that's kind of my purpose behind doing this, behind doing this podcast is just like, there have to be more than five indie games a year that are really good. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. They're totally are. Yeah. Um, so also on the back end of things, like from your perspective, I'm interested about like, you know, when the game goes on sale or things like that, like, how do you, is that something that you request or is that something that they come to you with? Uh, kind of both. We do request sometimes when it's like a holiday in Brazil or a lot of Brazilian games are entering the, are making a, a promotion at the same time. But mostly them, it's mostly them that, that mm -hmm. does it because they are the publisher. And the Raw Fury did really help with that. Like the post work they've done is, is really good actually. Because mm. I think that that was a, a successful, right? People enjoyed it. No, oh, yeah. So it, it helps. But we hear like over and over again publishers that don't like they just forget about your game. Right. 
So even that we got lucky, you know. <laughs> yeah, because we right, did, because we didn't have to. We we didn't have any information about that when right. we started. Yeah, it's like it's almost like you you hit it big twice, right? You got lucky twice because it's like yes. you know you could get any publisher just to give you that first you know sort of uh, lift, but then the fact that you're with someone that's actually you know really concerned about you or really wants you to go far and and yeah, so really appreciate Ralph Fury. Yeah, for the Nara was great. Definitely. Um, so t- I guess talk a little bit more like we've obviously talked about Dendara and, and Brazil. Um, and I alluded to a lot of not a lot, but what I gathered from the inspiration and the character and stuff like that. I was interested to hear like how you came about, like making this decision, like the inspiration, because like I looked up Dendara and there's not a lot of information yeah, you know, not historically. Even not even really? So yeah. I'm interested what like, sort of how you did research or was it just like grandmother storytelling or nah uh, it was like i heard in schools about palmaris palmaris is a, is a very important historical thing because it's a it's a quilombo uh quilombo is like uh runaway enslaved people okay like when they get free from when they can like make a revolution and right. run they make this like cities kind of kind of like a, a bunch of cities that are close together called lombos and like they preserved their, their culture there and fought against the crown kind of it was like a resistance thing mm-hmm. and the dutch invaded brazil after the portuguese and the, the, they started a little bit of a war on the northeast of brazil and because of that war like in that area, a lot of enslaved people were like could run away, and they made like the biggest, meanest quilombo ever. It was like really huge, and it endured for like a hundred years, which is more than like the U.S. or the yeah. the Soviet Union. It's more than the Soviet Union, mm. so it's really big. Like it's uh, it's it's really huge part of our history, and like the the Portuguese ended up like destroying them in the end, and the the story is told by them mostly in the in the school books and all that. Right. So that's why it gets a little bit forgotten in the times, right? But the descendants, the the black movement in, in Brazil, like keeps it going strong, and they have like this these characters in it. And Dandara is one of them. She was like a the. the a leader, the, the spouse of the leader. It is very difficult, and there's a lot of debate if the, the characters existed or not. But they had like they have like a, a really strong uh, meaning in the black movement of Brazil. Mm. That's so. It, it's funny what you said because, like, it, you know, when we teach history class in the U.S., we talk about how you know history is written by the winners, essentially. Yeah. And so there's so much forgotten information that gets lost in time. Um, so definitely kudos to you bringing that to this game. And like you said, it's it's such a nice balance in the game because the allure of the game is the gameplay. Yeah. But when you're playing it and you're hearing, you know, these names and you're seeing these characters and, you know, these themes of oppression and things like that that keep coming up, it's like, wow, there there's actually something deeper here. And to get people to get a player to go look 
things up and 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 that's that's so cool and it's yeah it should be more exactly it's, it's a game about references like dandara would get you to google i guess yeah. and uh, maybe you would google the other names for the characters as well and discover that they have like real counterparts mm. hopefully yeah hopefully but i don't think it's a hundred percent perfect way to like teach people other right, right and now. that's fine that's, that's fine, fine. it doesn't get, get a foot in the door yeah. Yeah, 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 but it was like uh, our second game that, like you say, we want to get off into the car. So, what's next? What are you guys working on now? Right now, we are. If you can say, I can say, uh, we are working on a lot of game, and it's. I hope it's gonna be 3D. If I say, if I end up making a 2D game, it's because I changed a. We changed a lot of stuff. Right. So I really don't want to, and it's a, like another. Exploration game at Ridevania. Okay. The same, the it's a little bit more like the lore is gonna be a little bit more in Brazil, I guess. We're gonna That's like cool. put a little bit uh this they step on the gas. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? Exactly. And but we're gonna try like to even better to make uh everyone be able to understand everything. Right. We we hired writers, writers that like are used to translate books from English to oh, Portuguese wow. and back and forth. And something that we really want to do is the like the strangeness. Like when we because we are for like when you, you are Brazilian, well no, when you are American, every game is in English, right? So right. you never have the Maybe you have that feeling when you play a Japanese game that happened when you were like small or something like that. When you play the game in Japanese. I love that. Yeah. I love when they speak in Japanese and there's English subtitles. No, no, no. Oh. But it's not, not it. Everything is in Japanese. But you so play you can't anyway. understand anything. You can't understand anyway. Okay. We have that with English. If a game oh, is right. in English, wow. we don't understand everything, but we force ourselves to play Ugh. well that's uh, that's that's the u.s for you they want everybody to cater to them yeah but it's it's a, a feeling that i really want like for example american people to have in the game a little bit not that they would be confused and, and frustrated right. about that but right. to to like feel like um i don't uh, like the the strangeness it's a feeling that it, it is it can be very mysterious you know you you tend to for example, games like in the 90s, like Resident Evil, mm-hmm. something like that, they tend to be like one line and they tend to be a little bit dumb, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's very simple. But for us, it's like, it's your imagination that's getting, you're just getting the visuals and it's, you you imagine that it's so much better than it is, what it is, because right. you are a kid. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely like that here, I think, in the early days, uh, maybe of the Nintendo early days when I know a lot of kids would um, import Japanese games that weren't released here. And they would have probably similar experiences as you because they didn't have English in them. Exactly. Yeah. It's cool that you mentioned Tunic. I think Tunic tried to try to do that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it, it, it isn't in a language that doesn't exist. Okay. And they come with the menu, and the menu is on that language, 
and oh, just cool. by the images you have to like figure out and there's secrets everywhere that's it's really such cool. A cool game yeah that's cool because there are there are games that do that intentionally as well i think journey had that um mm-hmm. where like it was just written and so you have to kind of like you said almost like take a step back and maybe suspend a little bit and and dive more into your imagination um and i think as a player in terms of like your sensory experience i i would think that it empowers your other sensor your other senses yes. like you're looking at other things and you're interpreting simple things like like color like what could this mean stuff exactly. like exactly exactly that's really in, cool that's it really simulating yourself but you have to like be like you have to opt in first right yeah uh, yeah. But that's not the, what a game is like a hundred percent about. It's like a quirk of the game. Where yeah. Gonna do it. Um, any idea when, like, how far along are you when you might think about a release? Well, I don't know. Maybe in two years. Maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, if you don't change all, everything. Yeah. If I don't <laughs> now make it through the game, then it's four years. <laughs> yeah. But. I hope not really, really seeing, started seeing the game, like seeing the art and it's good feelings, I guess. Like back in the day of the village of artists right, starting right. to form like that. Very cool. Very cool stuff. Um, all right. So before we wrap up here, uh, do you have any final thoughts or questions or anything like that? No, uh, no, really cool interview, I guess. I really like the, the questions. Good, good. Well, it was mainly you talking, so you did all the work. <laughs> so, nice. So thank you. Um, all right. So in the meantime, uh, Dandera is on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, Mac, Android, iOS, and Linux. You mentioned Game Pass. It's not on Game it's Pass. It's not on Game Pass. Are there plans for it, that? It it was on Game Pass before. I oh, really? We can return it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How? What's your just real quick? What's your take on Game Pass? How do you feel about it? It's weird. Like it, it's a way to sell your game and, and, and make money. That's important, uh-huh. right? But maybe in the long term, I I really don't want to be don't want it like to make games by that get evaluated by playtime mm. that's something that really scares me yeah and the the kind of thing that uh there's a lot of games in there and people are like jumping from game to game i do that right uh i i really don't like that i really feel like we should be appreciating the games but yeah maybe i'm a boomer right no i i mean you're definitely not alone i think there are a lot of people that feel the same way um especially i think from the bigger triple a standpoint you know the conversation of like how much games cost to make and you know putting it in this format of like basically netflix yeah um, but but in the other way i don't think like games here costs like 300 bucks yeah and that's really sucks like yeah. i don't Nintendo games. I never played any any one of them. Like I, I bought maybe two, and it was like a nice. Movie. Wow! <laughs> it was pretty. It is a pretty like a decision you have to make to buy a Nintendo game, and like kids, kids are not doing it for, for yeah. sure. 
Yeah. Especially what you're talking about, you know, teenagers that are definitely, you know, not working full-time jobs. So not, they're not going to buy like a switch or they're not going to no, be able to yeah. do that. So exactly. if there's a rare chance that they do get like an Xbox, they can kind of, you know, play, I don't know, what is it like hundreds or thousands of games that are on game pass for like 10 bucks a month or something like that. Yeah. It's more expensive than 10 bucks a month, but right. 10, it 10 is bucks possible, US. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe it right. is possible. If the parents like games. <laughs> right. Yeah. Possible. Really. Then the whole family can play. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a complicated issue and, and, you know, there are a lot of different perspectives there. Yeah. Access to games. Like there's a, a lot of talks about accessibility, right. like easy modes, but financial accessibility is also absolutely totally also something. Yeah. Well, that's definitely something that we're trying to get at on the podcast. Cause like I'm finding some of these games again, you're saying like length and value. And I'm trying to break that as well because like I'm playing this game and like, okay, maybe I spent, you know, under $20 or got it on sale for $5 and like, okay, maybe it's only eight hours, but like, that's an experience that's going to stick with me. You know, like mm-hmm. we don't get upset because like a movie's over after two hours. Exactly. Right. Like yeah. it's an experience that, and we might rewatch it now, you know, not everybody is going to replay a game, but it's still an experience that you complete it. And you know, it sticks with you. Exactly. And like when the game is like 60 bucks for, for you guys, and a lot of people like, I'm getting like five hours for a book. Right. <laughs> right. Also, yeah. That's, that's, that's weird. That's extremely yeah. weird to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, just play, go play another game or something like that. There's like yeah. thousands, millions of games. Exactly. Everybody has a backlog, like games they have oh, access man. to with games. I know. We right. But if, the, if a game was cheaper, Everybody, I don't think that would be so much like this kind of sensation anymore. Right. It'll say it's something interesting, like that there's like a lot of indie games as well, like the storefronts are full. And it's like there's a there's a problem like from if you are from the south of the equator, it's really hard to have a publisher come down here. Right. And find you. It's there's definitely a, a million really good games. Search for a game called Slipstream. It's on Switch now. Slipstream, actually. So it's went through. It's a racing game that's really good. It's it's from my city. All right. Uh, I'll give it a I'll give it a whirl. I mean, and there's a, also like a lot of American games that are really like, and no publisher really gets it. There's yeah. also the problem that I think game games is getting more like consolidated mm. and all that, and people are starting to get like more close-minded maybe yeah like they really want to, the 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 sec the sequel from the old game they played before right they don't want to experiment it yeah so much. yeah because because people get outraged if if you know things don't immediately exactly sound like they want it to exactly and it's a problem like we can solve by talking about appreciating that kind of yeah like jankiness or experimentation games yeah right yeah, games don't have to be perfect. I mean, you know, it's funny because like it, sometimes if I'm looking at a game and I, you know, I might Google it and look at review scores. And if it says like six or or five or something like that, often to me, I'm like, oh, that means this game is like kind of like weird or like, you know, people don't aren't really getting this game. Maybe I'll look at it because th- those are things that like 
when the mass audience like kind of doesn't like something like i kind of like want to take a second look yeah kind of like i don't know deadly premonition <laughs> i love that game yeah 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 and, and got right movies destroyed in the reviews but it it's hard to like I, i'm not in, I, i'm not perfect even i i, I see a, a game that is bombing on reviews I probably not going to play it because I have so many games that right, are that's very the other good. Yeah. And everybody's recommending. But if you stick to the games that are really good all the time, you really start to like play it the same to all game look the over same. and over. I know. Yeah. I know. It's tough, especially because I love PlayStation, um, but they're all third person, you know, action RPG type. Yeah. And I love that. But. I really love a lot of God of War. I really want to play it, but I'm gonna wait for that to get cheaper. <laughs> I just I just started it, and I'm I'm only a couple hours in. Um, but yeah, that's the other thing when new games are released because a lot of them in like three months they're like half price. Exactly, I always you know? do that. I always yeah. wait, but it's really fun to like play with everybody else and talk about it as you play. Yeah, like I did that with Elden Ring. I think oh, that yeah. was the best game to do that. Yeah. Like everybody, ah, I saw this word on this place. I saw this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a game. I'm still, I'll still go back to that game. I've, I think I have yeah. like two or three characters on that one. All right. So let's wrap up here. Uh, All right. The game is Dandera. I said the platforms. Um, mm-hmm. Long Hat House is the studio. Uh, yeah. And you guys are on Twitter, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, I don't know how how much Twitter lasts. <laughs> I know, right? But just as I'm starting, like, and I'm trying to like, oh, let's, I'm gonna use Twitter and get my name out there, and now it's like, oh, everybody's leaving. I'm like, God. <laughs> but uh, maybe I'm I, I'm thinking more that it will last. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't think to, it'll like, just fuck up my three more times, and then it it will start to look like Twitter is gonna be right. But yeah. I don't think right now. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, not an expert, but yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and even TikTok, but never post the video. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So let's close out this episode. Uh, so thank you, Joao. Yes. All right. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. There you go. Got to eventually learn. All <laughs> right. So thank you all for listening. This will be, I guess, it'll publish second. Uh, out of my interview series for the developer spotlight so thank you all for listening and stay tuned for our next episode to see what new developer we found for you